Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 17, where we talk with Fred Turner of the Colorado Bowhunters Association. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day as well, because that's what I like to hear, because I'm a positive person. And I like positivity in my life because that's what life is all about, being positive and being happy. And you know what makes me happy? Hunting. I, I like to hunt, in case <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> what have I been doing lately? Um, let's see. Oh, so I, I've been out shed hunting recently. Uh, Colorado shed hunting season didn't start till May 1st. So I've been out the last couple weeks. Haven't found a ton, but I've been able to get out a few times and pick up a few sheds here and there picked up a couple deer sheds uh, one or two elk sheds always fun to do that and it gives me a good excuse to get outside and get some exercise and some fresh air so I love that hope you guys are doing the same whether you're turkey hunting or scouting or doing whatever I hope you're out there having fun and loving life Uh, another thing I like about shed hunting this time of year I at least for this year I signed up for a half marathon, which will be mid-August. So I've got, I don't know, like three months to train. And I have been training lately. I've been trying to run 10 to 15 miles a week just to kind of get in the swing of things. I absolutely hate running. I don't know about you guys, but it's never been one of my strong suits. But my kind of thought process was, hey, if I sign up for this half marathon, it'll get me motivated to run more, which will then put me in a better position for elk hunting as far as being <laughs> in better shape because I can be fat and lazy sometimes. So this is, this is good for me. This is, this is good for Adam. So that's what I got going on. I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know. It, it can be brutal and, and where the race is going to take or where the half marathon is going to take place is going to be about 8,000 feet elevation. So that should be interesting nonetheless. So that's kind of my motivation lately to not be a lazy person and put on some miles. So I'll keep you posted on that as I, as I continue down this road and uh, looking forward to doing that race mid August. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, recently I sent out an email to my subscribers. If you haven't subscribed to my email list, make sure you do. You get a free uh, copy. Uh, let's see what what do I what do I offer right now? It's the five Western DIY hunts for under a thousand dollars for you and a friend. So that's pretty cool. If you're planning a trip and looking to go on a Western hunt, not a bad thing to to grab. And a lot of good resources and information that I put together in that guide. So go subscribe; it's free. I'll send it to you after you give me your email. And, uh, anyways, what was I going with that? Oh, so recently I sent out an email to my subscribers saying, "Hey, you know, if you like the podcast, um, leave us a review." And I had some people leave a review. Um, a really good one was from Magstar sixty seven. And I'll read you it. It says, I'm from the Midwest, but looking to elk hunt in the next few years. So just collecting points, educating myself on everything elk. The Transition Wild podcast is a great resource for the info I'm looking for since Adam has transitioned to Western hunting as well. So Magstar67, thanks for the review. I really appreciate it. Uh, You will be getting a Transition Wild podcast logo hat sent to you for free. So uh, send me, if you're listening to this, send me a note with your contact or um, your address and information where I can send you your free hat. Again, much appreciated. So uh, wink, wink, if you do leave a review, you might you might be selected to get some free gear coming your way. So um, definitely appreciate that. Anybody who's reached out to me and really appreciate the reviews and make sure you're, you're doing that on the Western big game feed of the sportsman's nation podcast network. There's two feeds, uh, the whitetail feed, but I'm on the Western uh, big game hunting. So make sure you, if you're going to leave a review for me, leave a review on 
that one. Much, much appreciated. So thanks again for listening. Today's show, we have Fred Turner with Colorado Bowhunters Association. I met Fred about a month and a half ago here in Eagle, where I was doing a local show with Quiet Cap and um, had a good conversation with Fred. I joined the association and uh, I think it's just a really cool group. And, um, you know, just just keep in mind, I mean, yes, it is Colorado Bowhunters Association, but if you're if you hunt in Colorado, if you've been here, um, you know, plan on hunting here in the future. These guys are doing a lot of work to really preserve the the bow hunting uh, heritage that we all love, and 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 a lot of that money goes towards lobbying to you know to keep us, um, you know, to, to be able to keep what what we're what we're doing there. So. Um, it's a good organization to be a part of. It's, it's a relatively cheap membership and you know, it all goes back to a good cause. So even if you don't live in Colorado, it's, it's just a good organization to be a part of. And we talk about some of the events they're doing. They do these uh, target 3d shooting events where, you know, it's a camping weekend go there, friends and family, shoot your bow and have fun and go on these 3d courses. It's, it's really cool. So, um, Fred's a good guy. He's, is very interesting and definitely a, a learning experience for me and, and be able to learn more about this organization that literally is right here in my backyard. So hope you guys enjoy this one. And, um, and we'll, uh, we won't hesitate anymore. I've, I've rambled for long enough. So let's get Fred Turner of the Colorado Bowhunters Association on the line. All right, we have with us today Fred Turner of the Colorado Bowhunters Association. How are you doing today, Fred? I'm doing great. Thanks, Adam. Thanks right. for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Love, uh, been excited to have you on since since we had met um see that when when did we meet about a month ago early april here in eagle colorado we did a western colorado sportsman's expo and quiet cat was exhibiting and and uh you weren't too far away from our booth so uh it's it's good to catch up after our initial meeting yes we were uh putting on a archery event for adults and mostly for kids um we have a trailer that uh, we were able to put together that um, people can shoot 3D animal targets at. It's uh, fun to watch the kids, especially. Yeah, <laughs> well, it got me over to the booth because uh, anytime you, you you're firing bows off in a in an area where I I see a, a shiny new object like a like a bow or a recurve, you you caught my eye and got me over there. So you're whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah one of, one of uh, the guys at the booth he works for quiet cat but he's not much of a hunter and um he's like I've, I've never shot a bow before so i was like well i think they're shooting bows over there so took chase over and he actually got to shoot a, a bow for the first time so that was that was kind of neat to see him do that is that something that you guys do at every kind of show if you guys are exhibiting actually adam that's the first one we've done on the western slope with this trailer okay um we uh, have been doing it for, I would say, maybe four or five years or more at the ISE show in okay. Denver that's usually held in early January. Yep. And um, so it was evolved from that, I would suppose. Got and, it. And uh, we're planning on um, doing that as at as many events as we can. A lot of it depends on volunteers. We're totally a volunteer um, organization, so... We're somewhat limited by what we can do by um, how many volunteers we can get to uh, put these events on. Got it. That makes sense. So yeah, obviously we're having you on the show today um, to to kind of talk about Colorado Bowhunters Association and and uh, if you wouldn't mind, Fred, if you would just give kind of a rundown of what CBA is and you know what your involvement is with the organization and and kind of just give us a rundown bigger picture of, of what's going on with the Colorado Bowhunters Association. Sure. Be happy to. It's, um, there's a lot to it. Like I said, we are volunteers, totally volunteers. And we have, um, about 20 members, um, that sit on the board of directors. Um, I'm the West region director. Uh, my region goes from 
Summit County, uh, Frisco, Breckenridge area, all the way to basically the Utah state line and Grand Junction down to Montrose, a huge area, but great hunting area, right? For sure. So, um, <laughs> so I, um, basically, um, sit on the board and we support a mission, um, basically to encourage and perpetuate the sport of bow hunting for, for all legal game, really. Um, we protect and improve and increase the opportunities, um, for hunting with the handheld bow. And a lot of it is, we use a lot of our membership money to um, pay for a lobbyist at the state house. And we have a legislative liaison also that pays attention to what's going on at the federal level as well. Um, and we have issues as a lot of hunters know, even at, at a uh, metropolitan level or a city level um, concerning um, hunting and what's allowed, what's not. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're um, basically been around since 1969. Um, we're, rep we're uh, recognized by the state legislature um, for uh, issues regarding hunting, especially hunting with a bow. And that carries over also into the education side of things as far as um, trying to um, involve the Bowhunters Association, like the shooting the trailer, uh, or excuse me, the shoot trailer and other events like that. Got it. <clears throat> like I mentioned, there is a lot to it. Um, the history is long, and it's one of the, probably the major hunting organizations that Colorado Parks and Wildlife looks to and works with um, to develop hunting and opportunities for hunting in the state. So we do have a very close relationship also with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, which I'm personally involved with, and it's really been fun. Got it. Got it. So do you, do you <laughs> is, is Colorado Bow Hunters Association more of like a, do you feel like more of the, the lobbyist side of the group, or is it more of like bow hunter education and kind of promoting bow hunting as a, as a lifestyle and as a as a tradition or is it kind of a mix of both? It is a mix of both, but both, but we are certainly concentrating on the lobbyist side of things lately in the last four years or so, since I've been on the board. Um, there's a lot of uh, issues that are um, hitting us as hunters um, really very fast where sometimes we're required to, respond in 24 hours. I mean, it's that kind of stuff going on. And so that has been a big push. Um, but we do have a lot of events too, where we hold 3D shoots throughout the state in my region or our region um, or the West region. We have three planned this year, um, plus the Jamboree, um, which is a huge three-day event um, that people just love to attend um, and very popular statewide. Yeah, so we do do that. Those types of events with um, very expensive 3D animal targets that simulate hunting situations, and it's kind of like a golf course. It's um, really a lot of fun where we set up different types of shots, yeah, different types of distances, and um, different types of um, techniques required. Got it. Yeah, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll definitely cover that and kind of talk about the particulars of the events and everything here here in a bit um but i was curious when you when you're talking about kind of the lobbying and you know kind of being that voice for um you know basically sticking up for bow hunters what are some of those issues that are kind of at the forefront right now that you guys are kind of tackling and dealing with in current day uh currently probably the there's um a couple of things we're working on one is we're trying to possibly introduce uh, another um, uh, tur a wild turkey hunting season that would be archery only um, that hopefully would be a week to 10 days long before the opening current season. We're looking into that and have presented um, um, some information on that to Parks and Wildlife. Um, also, um, history-wise, most recently was the approval of the 
lighted knocks and being able to use video cameras on a bow um, that was also approved um, or by us, by the CBA. Most of these, um, and then there's the, probably the biggest issue right now as far as um, <clears throat> people getting people's hackles up is, is the wolf issue. Yeah. And there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of uh, meetings going on on the Western slope that um, I've been aware of. And I attended one um, in Carbondale. Um, oh, it's probably two months ago now. Um, there is supposed to be another big event coming up in the Aspen uh, area sometime this fall that I think sportsmen should be aware of um, to look for this. And it's kind of a, uh, a round table, if you will, where they're trying to meet uh, or get um, all of the interested people, pro and anti-wolf, together and discuss some of the issues. Um, that should be interesting. Uh, yeah, for sure. The, um, by the way, I thought the blog you had on the wolf issue, I've forgotten the biologist's name. Um, anyway, John Keener. Um, I thought it was well done. Yes. Uh, I thought it was well done and passed it on to my board, by the way. Oh, awesome. Because um, that was, and it, we haven't seen, or I haven't been able to come across, you know, some strong information from a biologist that potentially doesn't have as much influence as some of what we other, hear otherwise. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. It was that whole, that whole situation was, was, <laughs> I kind of just like threw myself into it, I guess. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I, I, uh, I was coming back from Michigan and on a, on a flight and I flew back into Eagle and I saw the Rocky mountain wolf project as a, as a billboard or something in the airport. And I was like, huh? So I wanted to have them on the on the board or on the show just to kind of get their perspective on it and what they're pushing and 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 you know the reintroduction and everything and then as a follow up I did that one with John Keener and uh, it was definitely interesting because I was just trying to educate myself first and foremost and. Um, it just kind of spawned into a couple different shows, and I, I don't think it's I don't think it's done yet. I don't have any other episodes planned currently, but it's it's something that's not going away. And like you said, I think it's something that everybody should be aware of. Oh yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, and I I have been around it for oh gosh for maybe eight years um, as far as being aware of of a nasty. Um, situation that's been going on in Idaho, Montana, yep. Wyoming. Um, and we've been pretty lucky. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. We've been pretty lucky from the standpoint of not having uh, the wolves um, introduced into this state. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm seeing that now. I mean, the, the way that it, for, for people who are listening, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back um, a few episodes. It's the episode with John Keener. Definitely listen to that because it is eye opening and, and he kind of presents a rebuttal to a lot of stuff that the Rocky Mountain Wolf Project presented and, and kind of more accurately and unbiasedly uh, presented to us as what the potential effects could be. So it's, it's definitely interesting, but it's scary at the same time to know that there are groups out there that are pushing for this, but yet they don't realize um, the impacts it could have long-term. There's a lot of money involved and it, unfortunately it's so much money that we have to really look hard as this biologist mentioned to convince the, the, uh, what is it? The 80% that really don't care either way um, that not doing something about the issue is, is uh, not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully conversations like this will help spread the awareness and, and get people on board for, uh, for the future and what's, what's to come ahead. So that's interesting that you guys are working on that. What's, uh, what's your takeaway on the, on crossbows is Colorado bow hunters association. Are they, are they kind of for crossbows? Are they against crossbows? Are they uh, kind of in the middle? What's what's the whole situation with that? Well, the uh, crossbow, as far as the CBA is concerned, um, has no place um, in the big game arena. 
Um, it is, and we we have no problem with it being used, you know, during the rifle seasons and so forth. But basically, it's a situation where the crossbow um, in the western states, when you're shooting long range, um, compared to the eastern states, to some degree, um, where the crossbow is legal to hunt with, and I can talk about that in another minute here but in other states but in the state of Colorado and along with Colorado Parks and Wildlife um, they fully agree also that there's just no place for a crossbow um, in the big game seasons and the reason for it primarily is the skill level that's required to um, shoot a bow compared to the skill level that's required to shoot a crossbow and it's all about um, the, the strength factor and there is a lot of uh, practice involved to get good enough to be able to kill an animal ethically um, with a bow and have the, enough power behind the bow um, you know to to kill the bow to, to kill an animal ethically yeah <clears throat> yeah basically makes sense. that's where our is a really strong policy of ours that um we will defend that uh, tooth and nail for sure. And Parks and Wildlife is definitely on our side as well. There's no problem with it, again, using them for a small game. That's the other um, area that um, they're legal in the state of Colorado. And again, I have no problem. We don't have any problem with that, the CBA. Yeah. Um, again, it's primarily focused on the, the big game seasons, elk, moose, bear, cats. Uh, although, I don't know, probably mountain lion you can kill him with a crossbow that's probably legal but yeah um, yeah that's that's basically where we're at yeah it makes sense i mean that that when i had colorado parks and wildlife on this podcast that was one of the issues or one of the topics we talked about or some of the legalities of uh certain equipment and crossbows was one of those topics and um yeah i think it, it totally makes sense i mean it's it's one of those things where it is an advantage you can shoot farther distances the skill level isn't the same and um yeah use it during the rifle season and and get out there with the with the guns and and put yourself on that playing field but at the same time for the people who do have a disability or you know along those lines it it is legal is that correct that is correct yes yeah. And we are in support of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for for uh, somebody that's disabled and is approved by Colorado Parks and Wildlife process, yeah, that's no problem. For sure. Cool. Well, Fred, what um, I kind of wanted to dive into your background a little bit. Where where are you from originally? Uh, did you grow up hunting? What what kind of got you involved with bow hunting in general? Just give us a background on growing up and and. Mm -hmm how you got to where you're at today? Um, well, I grew up in New England and um, basically um, had a lot of experience with uh, camping and hiking through Boy Scouts, through my family. I had four brothers. And um, my hunting started when I was 15. Um, I was the only one in my brothers who I was they wanted to hunt and my parents didn't hunt, but my mother um, growing up on a farm in Northern New York um, was familiar with hunting and her brothers hunted. So I got to go with them when I was 15. And so I hunted whitetail deer when I was 15. I think of the first one I shot maybe when I was 16, it was gun hunting. And I didn't really think much about bow hunting other than I really liked archery through Boy Scouts and other uh, outdoor camps and stuff. But, and I picked it up and stayed with archery, um, even though I uh, continued to hunt with a gun. And I did a lot of um, bird shooting as well, upland game, I guess, primarily. And well, and a lot of waterfowl when I was younger. Um, I started bow hunting, um, oh, about 33 years ago. And joined the bow hunters association i think it was sometime in around 19 in the 19 early 1990s and um just as a member i didn't really participate much i just could see the value of having um, an organization uh, represent me um, 
and protect the right to bow hunt. Um, and over time, I've been very fortunate to be able to uh, do a lot of out-of-state hunting, uh, primarily in Nebraska and Kansas. I love to whitetail white deer hunt. Um, lately, I've started to do some turkey hunting, which has really been fun. Nice. Um, and I've shot a lot of big game uh, here in the state, elk, deer, a mountain lion. I killed a bear in Idaho. These are all bow kills. And um, recently, um, I went to New Zealand and hunted some, had some fabulous time. I, I shot a huge red stag and um, a tar with a gun and a fallow deer. Um, so wow. I've been around the world. I've hunted in um, Newfoundland also um, for moose. Um, so I've been um, really enjoying myself hunting. A lot of my outdoor experience too came from when I was young. I um, uh, was on a trail crew for the Appalachian Mountain Club in the state of New Hampshire uh, for two summers. I think it was the uh, last year of high school and the first year of college. Um, we literally uh, spent the, every week out in the woods all summer. So I got a lot of experience uh, being out in the woods. Um, and then I also did a lot of backpacking um, when I moved here to Colorado to go to school at CSU when I was 18 to be a, a forest ranger. That didn't happen. So <laughs> anyway, I uh, ended up getting a degree from a business degree from the University of Denver and was in the restaurant business and uh, for a long time. And now I'm retired. Got it. Got it. Now, now that leaves you more time for hunting. Exactly. <laughs> and I've been doing that. <laughs> so are you a, are you a compound guy? Are you into traditional or do you do a little bit of both? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's the other part of uh, bow hunting is it is, there are three different types of bows and two of them are very traditional, the, the recurve and the long bow. And like you mentioned, the, compound bow. I like to hunt and have been hunting with a compound bow. Um, and I, that's the only bow I've been hunting with. Um, though, though recently, and when I was young, I shot a long bow, but recently I had to have a whole bunch of shoulder stuff going on. And I've kind of picked up the long bow and a recurve, um, to build strength back. And I found it very challenging and I really enjoy it. So I have shoot all three now, but I have been hunting just with a compound. But I would love to now. I'm challenged myself to where I would love to shoot a, a deer uh, or an elk with a longbow. But I have to get a lot better than I am right now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's a that's a different world altogether, and it's one I'm finding myself getting back into. I actually kind of got not big into traditional, but I was fairly for about a year. I was shooting one pretty regularly and I got good enough where I felt confident to be able to whitetail hunt with it when I lived in Michigan. But when I moved to Colorado, I, I, so I was borrowing that bow when I moved, I gave it back and I kind of, kind of got out of it. Um, recently I, I, I purchased a Hoyt Satori, one of their new, um, recurve bow takedown recurve which i like just because it's a little bit more transportable and i shoot i could throw it in a, uh, my suitcase if i wanted to and uh but anyways i'm i'm actually looking forward to kind of getting back into that and i don't really plan on hunting with it per se uh, at least for elk and deer probably for the next couple of years but i want to get back into it and and start shooting with it because it, it's completely different it's a new learning curve and it's and it's just fun it's, it's a, it's a, it's just fun to shoot. I don't know how to explain it other than that. <laughs> well, I, I think it helps my uh, compound shooting for sure as well. Yeah. And, uh, just the strength building alone when you're just having to pull constantly against that wall, uh, versus the quick let off that you get, um, it really helps um, to build strength, especially with a compound bow when you're having to hold um, as you know, hold a draw, you know, for a minute yeah. or more, that's really, really tough. And with the long bow or the, or the recurve, I think that strength is there, uh, maybe a little bit better 
if you can shoot both. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And and I found too that um, I'm a little bit better instinctually at maybe at judging distances or without using a rangefinder after shooting with a traditional bow. Do you, do you kind of find the same thing too? That's a good point. Yes. Yep. Got it. And that's another good thing about um, another requirement, if you will, of the skill level that you need to shoot a bow compared to a, a crossbow, which shoots uh, very level comparatively, you know, out to, uh, I guess, as far as 100 or, 100 or more yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a different ball game. Well, that's cool. Well, thanks for filling us in on that. That's interesting to hear that you're doing both, and hopefully you're building that shoulder back up for uh, for this fall. So, yes, thank you. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Colorado Bow Hunters Association as far as a membership and kind of what that entails. What what do you get if you become a member? Why should you become a member? How much does it cost? Well, um, basically, the the membership is either an annual or a three year. You can buy a um, a lifelong membership as well. That's available, but most people will buy the the one year, and it's uh, thirty five dollars for um, a family or an individual, and that basically will give you a, ma- a magazine that's produced about six times a year. It will give you uh, information on some of the legislative issues coming up uh, that we're dealing with that you need to be or hunters need to be aware of. Um, It includes a reduced price uh, for our 3D events uh, like the Jamboree, um, the three events that we're running here in the West region. Um, And the knowledge that the money is going towards um, everything for bow hunting. We're all volunteers. There's nothing, nobody paid. We do have some administrative stuff, but very little. Got it. And that uh, goes towards the salary of a lobbyist um, as well as um, uh, helping pay for the magazine and so forth. Got it. And the events that we have, um, for instance, in my region, we have, um, an event coming up at a new Colorado Parks and Wildlife um, shooting complex that is going to be an exciting place over the next probably five years or more um, as far as the development. Um, that's in Palisade, Colorado, May 18th and through the 20th. Um, we have another shoot June 2nd and 3rd that's held in Newcastle and again working with Colorado Parks and Wildlife they let us use their um, state wildlife area the Garfield Creek state wildlife area that normally you can't even get into until July the regular public beautiful area and we've been doing that now this will be our fourth year and then hopefully or we're planning on doing a shoot in Summit County um, August 9th and 10th in the landfill area um, where I've been working with that with uh, Summit County landfill um, to hold that shoot. And then there's a big jamboree, and that's uh, July 20th through 22nd, and that's in Twin Lakes, Colorado, just south of uh, Leadville. Got and, it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That reminds me, there is another, there's a Father's Day shoot in Leadville also on Father's Day weekend every year. Um, it's really a lot of fun. Got it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And unfortunately, this podcast, by the time it airs, it won't it won't cover that first one in Palisade. So we'll just miss that a little bit. But all the other events will will fall in that time frame. So um, for everyone who's listening, that uh, definitely check out those events. I know that Newcastle one starts June second or June second and third, and and then you have events throughout the remainder of the summer as well. So that's really cool. Yes, and people can get more information on our website, uh, coloradobowhunting.org. Got it. Because there are other events throughout the state. There's one in North Park um, sometime in June also. That makes sense. That's a different area than mine. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I see on on some of the flyers and everything too, if you're not a member, it costs forty five dollars for let's say one of these shoots, I think. Um I think that's for a lot of your shoots. Um but if you're a member, it's only fifteen dollars. So basically, you know, if you if you're a member, that kind of pays for your membership right there if you were doing just one shoot. That's right. And the the forty five dollars does include an annual membership for an individual or a family. So yeah. that makes it a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So um so one thing that kind of sparked my mind too, I was originally kind of thinking like this is going to be more geared for people who live in Colorado, but the more I think about it, that this association really is is a nationwide or for anybody who hunts or has hunted in Colorado because you guys are working and making a lot of decisions and you know money going back to um, this state, but there's a lot of people who, who don't live in Colorado who come here to hunt. So that was something that just kind of popped into my head. It's not just for people who live in Colorado. It's for anybody who recreates here and, and bow hunts here for big game. Is that, is that kind of the thought process behind your membership? Yes, definitely. In fact, we do have, um, a few out of state members. Um, when, um, we were in Eagle at the event you and I met, um, there was uh, a family that signed up from somewhere in Florida. Really? And so, yeah, there, yes. And I've seen memberships from, uh, you know, Kansas, Nebraska and, and, uh, other areas for sure. Wow. That's really cool. Well, hopefully people that are listening, if you hunt in Colorado, definitely consider joining. And, uh, even if you can't get to some of these events, like, uh, Fred said, you're going to get the publication six times a year and, you know, be up to date and know that that money's going to a good cause to support the lifestyle and the heritage we love. So keep that in mind. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the particulars of these events. I know you, I'm familiar with, uh, what are those other, there's, I know there's other kind of bow hunting events, uh, where they shoot targets and everything. Tell us a little bit about like, let's say I've heard of the one by Leadville or the twin lakes one. That's kind of one that's pretty well known, but talk, Talk to us about that event, like what the specifics of what it entails, how many targets you're dealing with, um, the course. What? Just give us a rundown of, of what these events look like if people want to attend. Well, um, basically, I, the number, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the major events um, or uh, things about it is that it is very family oriented. Um, we usually will have um, six different courses with probably oh anywhere from 20 or to 25 targets or more and uh, a total of about 130 targets we'll have a kids shooting area we'll have a sight-in area where people can shoot just at given distances at targets that are preset to uh, set their um, uh, pins and so forth excuse me and it's um, the camping is very reasonable uh, last year, I think it was five dollars uh, per camp, and uh, you know, camping vehicle, and it's usually very well attended by vendors from anywhere from traditional archery to uh, regular archery shops selling um, stuff um, at the event. Um, there's usually and will be entertainment every Saturday night with the live band. Uh, it's a big deal and really a lot of fun. The courses themselves range from, um, like I mentioned, a kid's course um, up to a beginning course and an easier course, and then they go on up to um, an extreme course um, that's um, set up to um, really challenge the archers um, at different distances and obstructions that are nor- you know, normal in the woods when you're hunting. Um, it's a really a great time to get together with people that it's uh, very well attended. We also usually will have or this year, I think it's, um, we'll have, uh, um, the kids camp, which has been very popular for years. It's, um, very well attended also. Yeah. It, usually the weather is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, 
you know, you, you never know in Colorado, especially at that elevation, you, you, you're never out of uh, a potential snowstorm, but it's, it's probably not going to happen this year considering how dry it is. Right. And a lot of thunderstorms, but it's a large ranch. And so there's a lot of room um, for these courses and to spread people out. It's uh, really a lot of fun. Got it. And do you see guys also shooting traditional at these events? I mean, is there some pretty far shots? Can you kind of change things up? Is it, how, how does that work? Yeah, you can pretty much shoot from whatever distance you want as far as um, everybody's being safe and knows, you know, knows where you are if you're going to be shooting um, a little bit closer to the target. But absolutely, there's traditional shooters. And uh, um, there uh, we have a, a bunch of traditional shooters that um, are CDA members as well. Got it. So for beginners, potentially, if they're not as comfortable, let's say, at taking a 50-yard a shot, they can move up to where they feel comfortable and, and shoot from there, so that way everybody can still be involved. Absolutely, and I think that's a good point, too, is that there's no competition. The only competition is only between friends, of course, or yeah, brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Bragging rights. Yes. But other than that, if there's no competition involved, so absolutely you could come up, you know, you shoot as close as you want to it. There's um, as long as everybody's safe and knows um, what's going on. Yeah, it's just not a, a problem. Got it. And a lot of flexibility. Yeah, yeah. And and you you mentioned too, like there's other there's vendors that come there and and set up like a booth or are selling uh, food vendors or product companies that that come there and exhibit as well. That's right. Yeah, for the whole weekend, there'll be a row of them um, okay. that have their tents set up, and and a couple of food trailers usually are there. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, definitely going to be on my list to see which one which one is going to fit best with my schedule, and uh, I'll definitely be making it out to to one of those events. I just got to figure out which one's going to work the best for me. So plan on seeing me at one of them, Fred. Oh, good. Well, yeah, definitely. Please call me and uh, let me know you're coming. Yeah, for sure. And I can show you around. For sure. Yeah, that sounds great. And, and shoot, a, shoot around with you, maybe. <laughs> you'll you'll probably kick my butt, so I better uh, I better not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'd I'd love to shoot with you. So so Fred, uh, one thing I did see too was, do you guys have like a it's like a bow hunter swap or a, a flea market, so to speak, where people can kind of trade and, 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 and sell used archery gear. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, sometimes, yes, we'll do that at the um, Jamboree. Um, we've tried to do that in the past, and um, sometimes it's just not very successful um, getting you know the, the equipment to trade in and trade out. Um, where did you see that? Was that with Jamboree information? Yeah, maybe, maybe it was an old publication or something I picked up, um, a while ago, but I thought there was something along those lines that used to do, do those and have those for people to attend as well. Yeah, I, I don't rec, I don't, uh, remember, um, other than occasionally at the Jamboree, possibly that's been done, but I, I know we tried to do it maybe three years ago. And, um, it just, it just did not work out very well. Just very few people had showed up, but I may be wrong. We can, um, we can certainly check into it. No big deal. So, so you said the, what's the website again for CBA? It's uh Colorado bowhunting.org. ColoradoBowhunting.org. All run together. Okay, and and there you can log on. Yep. You can view all these events. You can um, can you become a member that way? Can you do an online subscription to become a member? That's correct. You can sign up online, or you can uh, sign up at any of our events, and uh, that's where most people sign up. I think are at our events, and then um, you get information also on. Hunter education, which is a requirement in the state of Colorado. Um, I'm a uh, instructor for the state for hunter education as well. 
Um, so, and several uh, of our uh, board members are, are uh, instructors also. So that is uh, another area that we cover. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Well, I definitely I definitely love the organization. I'm I'm really glad we crossed paths, Fred, and 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 hopefully this will spread the word a little bit further and 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 gain some membership because I feel like it's something um, you know as as you mentioned earlier and as we're seeing kind of at the forefront of hunting as a way of life and what we love to do, it's it's under attack. And if if we can kind of you know band together. Um, come together as sportsmen and bow hunters and, um, you know, good things will happen. And, uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it. And, um, it's just been really good talking to you, Fred, and hopefully we can have you, have you back on for a future episode. Thank you. I'd love to get, be back. I think to your comment you just made, I, it's really important that we get the youngsters involved and that's, um, something we're really, or I'm personally very involved with as well as the CBA. It's really important to replace ourselves tenfold. <laughs> yeah. 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 Before, before we drop off, what have you seen, uh, over the years? I mean, are you seeing a decline as far as the number of hunters and bow hunters? I mean, I know there's all this talk of, you know, Oh man, all I see is hunters every time I go out there in the field or whatever. But from your perspective, have you seen a drop in kind of maybe membership and or, um, you know, just people out there becoming more active with, with bow hunting? Um, I think that archery hunting has increased dramatically. So as archers, um, yeah, we definitely feel the pressure of a lot more hunters, but the overall, like you say, overall hunters are, I'm hearing statistics um, that I'm shocked, quite frankly, that it's um, like half of what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're like 4% of the population, and that's hunters total, never mind the tiny portion that are archery bow hunters. So, um, yeah, it's a situation that um, is um I, I don't know if scary is the word but you know it's definitely something that um is shocking to me because it, it hit me hard too just realizing that there's um so much opinion against what i was doing and i you know that took a long time to figure that out and when that hit i went whoa yeah so yeah it's um it's a situation that um, is not good because parks and wildlife it depends on all that all that money um, to support all the wildlife as we know where um, there's no other funding you know that's um, doing that so it's uh, it's it's coming fast as far as um, trying to um, continue to do what we love to do for sure for sure more reason to join that's uh that's a that's a good good message to leave us with, Fred. And uh, real quick before we do jump off, what uh, what's on your books for for 2018 season? Do you have any uh, out of state trips planned for as far as hunting, or are you sticking around Colorado? Yeah, I'm going to be sticking around Colorado this season, archery season, and I'm hoping to have some um, uh, elk draw license for around Christmas time. And then hopefully uh, either sex elk license for archery season, and then hopefully draw a deer license. So, and also uh, might do an uh, antelope hunt as well if I'm real lucky. <laughs> nice. Sounds sounds like you'll have your hands full for this fall. I'm I'm excited to uh, to see a bunch of pictures come over from you via text with uh, trophy bulls and bucks. <laughs> I'd be happy to send them. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, I appreciate your time, Fred. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Very good. Thank you, Adam. Take care now. And there we go. There it is. Another episode in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Very interesting conversation and, and a great learning experience for me. Thanks again, Fred, for coming on the show. And if you guys are listening, you know, Keep some of those events that they have in mind coming up. They, uh, you know, get on the website, like I said, check out all the different shoots that they're doing, all the different events. And, you know, even if you're not from Colorado, maybe you've got a 
vacation planned for this summer and you know maybe that that might you know kind of line up with your trip and and what you're doing out there so definitely get involved if you can i plan on attending at least one of those and and getting my feet wet in that regard sounds like a lot of fun it's a good experience just to get out there and shoot and um, practice those those archery skills that we that we all need to improve on or at least i do i'm not going to speak for you guys but for myself it'll be good so anyways um again thanks to fred and colorado bow hunters association if you like what you're hearing like i said subscribe that would be much appreciated um we have the two feeds as mentioned the western big game feed is the one that i'm on so subscribe to that one if you want to get all the latest content and the podcast from transition wild and leave us that five-star review. That would be much appreciated. Again, shout out to uh, Magstar67, who left us a review on iTunes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You'll be getting your hat, so make sure you contact me with your shipping and address information so I can get that out to you. And again, if you subscribe to Transition Wild, you're going to get that free guide five western diy hunts for under a thousand dollars for you and a friend so if you're still kind of on the fence or don't really have your plans quite figured out for 2018 go subscribe it'll probably plant some seeds get you thinking about some potential hunts that you can do for relatively cheap if you're uh you know split some costs with a buddy or two so do that be much appreciated if you uh let's see Leave me, leave me some feedback. If, if you have a chance, send me a contact on my website. Love to hear what you think of the, the podcast, what you want to hear. If you want to hear more strategy stuff, if you want to hear more gear stuff, if you want to hear more stories, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything. This is about you guys. I want, I want us to all learn together and for all of us to become better Western hunters and, and, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So appreciate you. Appreciate the hell out of you. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.